thank you so much for joining us today on a special bonus episode of the Real Life Runners podcast where we get to interview one of our real life runners, Mr. Guy Fitzgerald. Guy has a fantastic story that a lot of us are going to be able to relate to. So stay tuned for a dose of inspiration, a lot of laughs, and some really great advice for you to help run your life. This is the Real Life Runners podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, Real Life Runners, so we're in for a real treat today. We get to speak to one of our Real Life Runners, Mr. Guy Fitzgerald, who has an amazing story. Guy has gone from asthma as a kid where he wasn't able to run into a chunk of his life where he was suffering with addiction, very severe addiction, becoming sober, starting a family, getting into some motocross racing, which showed him his lack of cardiovascular endurance, which then led him to running. And then he started his running journey until his body decided to give out on him yet again. So There's a whole lot in this episode, and we just want to stop and thank Guy for coming on the podcast and for being so open and so willing to just share your story and be vulnerable and just put it all out there um, to the benefit of all of us that get to listen to this story today. So Guy, thank you so much. As a little introduction to Guy... This is in his own words. I asked him to write a little bio. He said, who I am. I consider myself a very blessed everyday guy. No pun intended. Father and stepfather to five incredible kids, two boys and triplet girls. I'm lucky to have a wonderful woman like Christina by my side. I believe I can accomplish anything I put my mind to. The only one that can stop me is me. Living life on life's terms, one day at a time. I'm doing the best I can to enjoy the journey of life. He goes on to say, just to let you know, I started going to meetings again. I credit you two for that. You were my gateway back. I had to start looking at myself again. Listening to the podcast and participating in the tribe, you have only two choices. Grow and become who you want to be or stop participating. So I'm grateful that I found the podcast, which led me to the Facebook group. And I'm glad I had the courage to join the team. It's nice to know I'm not done. Not only with running and working out, I'm not done growing and exploring. And all I have to say to that guy is you're darn right because there is still so much growing, learning, and exploring that all of us have to do. And I just appreciate your willingness and your openness to be able to do this and to also just share with all of us your journey in this way. So thank you, Guy, and everybody else. Let's enjoy this wonderful interview with Guy Fitzgerald. Um, so, Guy, welcome to the show. We're super excited to have you here. And let's hi, hi and I'm let's super start, excited to be here. Oh, good. So let's Very start out. <laughs> There's no need to be nervous, <laughs> especially like the people that are in our real life runner, runners tribe will already know you. So this is just um, a way for us to get to know you a little better. So let's start out with just giving us um, a little ideas with your story. Okay. So how did you originally get into running? Like, you know, take us back, um, you know, to as far as you'd like to go here and, and give us an idea of like the, the let, beginning of your running journey. Let, let me kind of narrow that down. How did you get into running? Because your interesting story starts way before that. But I kind of want to start maybe mid-story here of where did running actually show up in your life? Yeah. Okay. So running, I started running because I was was riding motocross. And I I just started racing. 
and my first race, I, I passed out. I passed out at the end of the race. I, um, so the race was over. You ride your, your bike off the track. And I literally dro dropped the bike on the floor. And I kind of like crawled underneath the, uh, the stands. And I, oh, wow. I just, I was out cold. And my son came over. He was young at the time because he was, he was riding with me. And he was like, Dad, you okay? Dad, you okay? You know, and he kind of got me up. How so old I knew were you at this time? You know, I, I'm in my 30s at that time. So, I mean, it could have been like, okay. say, 32, 33. Sure. I, I honestly don't really remember. Um, I got into motocross. I, it's something I always wanted to do as a kid, but I was obviously never allowed to. I just, I, we were never allowed to because my, my mom, you know, forget it. You know, you couldn't do that. Um, so the guys that I used to practice with, because there's a practice track on Long Island, I, I would, you know, they were like, some of them were like pro racers. And uh, I, so I asked them, I said, what am I going to do, man? This is, this is like crazy. I can't, it was only three laps. I mean, I can't get through three laps. And I came in dead last, you know, yeah. which is, I, which is, is the other part, like I hate, you know what I mean? You don't want to be dead last. I was like, yeah. it's okay to be like, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's like, well, the, the, like your worst fear whenever you like start something new, if you start running, you're like, as long as I'm not in last, right? Like that's like everyone. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like who the hell wants to be last, you know? So, yeah. Right. So I was dead last and I'm like, son of a bitch, I got to do something. So <laughs> all these guys, they all told me, said, you're either going to ride your bike or you're going to run. So another guy I used to practice with, and uh, I was also uh, got sober with, um, he was, he was a runner in high school and he said, listen, we'll run together. We'll do it, blah, blah, blah. So in typical fashion, um, I completely went crazy with running. I, I actually fell in love with it. Um, so that's how I started, you okay. know, and I really, I really, I did it because I needed to get my heart rate. I needed to be able to hold my heart rate up say it like 185 for a solid like five minutes yeah yeah <laughs> how, lo how long are motocross like the races that you were doing like how long at my, at my level it was uh three laps which you know at my level it was like two and a half minutes per lap something okay. like that you know okay. i mean so it depended on it, it depend it would depend on the track yeah so it would, like basically it would also depend on how many times you crashed yeah, well, yeah, but, but we're looking at like 10 minutes or under. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. But you're talking about like, uh, like, plus I'm a nervous Nelly, right? So I would, I would be on the line and all I wanted to do is throw up. Like yeah. I was just, I was so worked. But once you got going, like I was, that was it. Like I yeah. was gone. Yeah. But so let's you aren't. So let's back up for a second here. Like, and I think that we need to kind of back up. Like Kevin, you, you wanted to start with his running journey and I think that's cool, but I can already tell that like, there's, there's a lot of backstory that we've got here that we need to kind of get into. That's what I wanted to see yeah. is that that's where running came from. And I, you kind of got into running through another sport You're, and you realize, okay, I really, I need to build my cardio up, but there's such a background to that. And that's right. where things start getting really interesting. Right. And I think that, you know, a lot of runners find that, you know, a lot of runners find that they kind of get into running maybe be from something else. Um, and then they start to fall in love with running, which, you know, we'll definitely get into that part of your story as well, but let's back up a little bit and, and talk a little bit, um, about, you know, you, you mentioned that like your mom wouldn't, wouldn't let you do the sports and stuff when you, um, were younger. And so that it was something that you always kind of wanted to do, which got you into motocross. Where, where does your story start? All right. So basically when I was a kid, I had asthma, I had asthma really, really bad. So, um, 
back when I was a kid, there was no such thing as a nebulizer. So you were, if I had an asthma attack, you were in the, you were in the hospital. You, yeah. you went to the emergency room, you know, you had to get back then it was an adrenaline shot. So I would, I would struggle to breathe for two, three, four, whatever, eight hours. Mm. And then my parents would finally take me and then they would give me an adrenaline shot. And then that would actually put me to sleep because I would struggle to breathe so bad. Um, that would go on for, I would have an attack. I would have bronchitis. It would be for a week. I would have a week of recovery. I would have a week of normalness. And then I would go, I would start the cycle all over again. Wow. So I did that probably up until about 11 or 12 years old. I tried playing sports. I could play baseball. I was actually, I was really good at sports and I loved it. You know, um, I wanted to be a professional baseball player as a kid. That was my dream. You know, uh, Tom Seaver just passed away. Like he was my, you know, he was my idol. It was Tom Seaver and Jerry Grody from the Mets, you know? Yeah. I was going to say, you're going to be a Mets guy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and that's, you know, it was Schaefer beer in the Mets. I mean, that's, you know, it's what it was in my house. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I remember. You know, I remember sitting on my grandfather's lap and sipping Schaefer and watching the mats. And, mm. um, so, but I never thought I could run, you know, and the truth was, is I couldn't, you know, and I guess the lucky part is like, I grew out of the asthma, you know, as I got older, it, it stopped. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't, I don't deal with it anymore. You yeah. Know? Thank God. Yeah. yeah. So, so your mom was basically just be, being very overprotective of you because of that asthmatic cycle that you were going through. So she, is that the reason she didn't want you in playing sports? No, 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 the, no. Playing sports was fine. It was just, I wasn't allowed to get a motorcycle. Uh, like I, as <laughs> yeah. a kid, yeah. you know what I mean? As a kid, I wanted a dirt bike, you know, but that was, yes. there was no way that she was going to let that happen. Okay. Um, gotcha. Yeah. No, I, I, listen, I tried playing soccer that, that just wasn't going to happen. You know, okay. um, I mean, I grew up on Long Island, so we had lacrosse when I was a kid, you know? Um, I mean, I'm 53 now, so, but we had Pee Wee lacrosse and I played it. Yeah. And listen, I was always the last, like you always had the goalie and then me, you know, whenever we, whenever we had a run around the field. That's what yeah, I was going to say. was sprints. Yeah. Oh, forget sprints. I mean, I just, listen, I could never catch my breath. And that was one of the most amazing things for me when I started doing distance that that breakthrough of when you caught you, when you catch your breath, you yeah. know how like, like they say that the first mile lies, like it would take me two, three miles. And finally I could breathe. Like that, I'll never forget that first time I could breathe. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God. You know, it was so amazing. Yeah. It was great. You know, and that, I think that's when I really got addicted to it. Like uh, that I, I knew I could do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then of course I just pushed myself beyond what I'm capable of. Yeah. Yeah. So then I started the break. You mean for the running? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. everything. I did the same thing with the, with the motocross. I, right. Right. I, I pushed myself beyond my limits and then I broke. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, your childhood, you had, you, you had mentioned to us, like when we talked in our, our interview, like our pre-interview that you had like kind of a very interesting childhood growing up. So I'm curious how that kind of has like affected your journey and into like where you are today <clears throat> well listen i'm an alcoholic and a drug addict so i've been i've been an alky probably since the day i'm born um the first time i got drunk was i was nine years old you know and the reason that and when i say i love sports and i was good at it i love sports and i was good at it um that's that's what alcoholism took from me 
the sports. You know, way. it's unbelievable. I, it still bothers me to this day. So that's one of the things that it robbed for me. So when you're older, um, when you're older and you're an alky, you lose, you know, your houses and your, and your family and your kids. And <clears throat> thank God I was young. So, I mean, it's all I lost, you know, was my, say my, my high school sports. That's what I lost. Um, I mean, I lost myself because that's what happens. You just lose yourself. Um, you know, and they say w once you start drinking and I, and listen, I started drinking probably regularly around 11 years old, smoking pot and you name the drug. It's pretty much been in my system except for a needle. Um, I was a garbage head, you know, and I did that for a solid 10 years and uh, in and out of the hospital. And I, I almost died once or twice and it, it was bad, you know, obviously bad because I'm sober today. I'm sober today. I got, believe it or not, I got sober at 21. I was in rehab uh, when I turned 21. Wow. Um, and I, uh, it's a, listen, it's, it's just a miracle. You know, it, it, it's truly a miracle that I'm, that I'm talking to you guys because I'm not supposed to be. You know, yeah. that's just the truth. You've you know, got over if I, 30 years sobriety anniversary. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm coming up in January, I guess it was, uh, well, because yeah, I'll be 54 next month. So yeah, I'll, I'll be 33 years sober. And that's the only way I can keep track of it, because my brain is like a sieve. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, So then, when it, you got, it was bad. Yeah, so then when you got sober at 21, then what happened then? Oh, God, you know, I mean, I, I went to AA, AA was my life, you know, I did, <clears throat> I just, it was seven days a week, I had all my friends, you know, we all you know, we rode motorcycles together and, and, mm -hmm. our, and, you know, we did camp and we did normal stuff, like what normal people do, which yeah. is something that, you know, it was just foreign to me or mm -hmm. it was foreign to the people that I hung out with. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then I, you know, I met, met a, met a woman and got married and I had, a, had my own landscaping business, you know, and life, life started, yeah. you know, and then I had two kids and, uh, you just you know you live life you keep going right mm -hmm. I never ever had to worry about staying in shape or running or anything like that because I had a landscaping business I worked 12-hour days I mm -hmm. worked my ass off you know yeah. so I you know I was 150 pounds soaking wet I'm, I'm only 5'7 so that's a pretty good weight but I never and I never had a desire to run ever mm -hmm. I you know I was one of those people like why would you want to do that you know? yeah yeah running for fun doesn't seem like it makes sense yeah. You Absolutely not. At that point, you were you went from you know not the healthy obsession, and then you got into motocross, and you get went like all in on that. You basically just kept trading one super passionate thing, and you would find the next thing to go all in on. Yeah. So correct. So then you started running because the motocross necessitated it, right? Because you said like you just needed to be able to get your cardio up and your heart rate up so that you could sustain these motocross races. So then how did it go from like your running journey from, you know, just doing it because of the motocross into something more? I think it just morphed into it. You know, I, I think I, I loved it. I, and I think because of, because of how I grew up, because of not being able to run as a kid or, or struggling, I think, I mean, if you look at it psychologically, whatever, but I, I think I just, I fell in love with being able to do it. Mm -hmm. And the more, the more I was able to do it, the more, the faster I wanted to get, the further I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. So 
listen, the first race I ever signed up for was a half marathon. Really? Oh yeah. I, you know, there was, there's no such thing as do a 5k. Like it's only three, it's only three miles. Why would I want to do that? So, and I remember, listen, my brother-in-law is like, he's been a runner since day one, you know, and he went, I forget what college he went to to run, but he, uh, He's he's the ten mile a day guy, you know what I mean? Now he's in his he'll be seventy this year and he still does about five miles a day. I mean, yeah. you know, he's a he's a walking miracle. Uh I love him to death. So I remember like, you know, calling him and telling him, you know, oh, oh I'm into running and this and that. And you know, he he's like you guys, you know, he's very supportive and but he knew, he knew I was gonna go too far. You know what I mean? He knew I was <laughs> I was just, you know gonna you know hurt myself one way or the other because that's just that's my pattern you know mm-hmm. but yeah so you you've got like motocross well the weather cooperates for that then skiing well the weather cooperates for that you're running continuously throughout this I'm gonna guess that you kind of pulled back on the running during the winter a little bit as you focus more on just being able to ski and enjoy that but then yeah, then you just said, yeah oh, heck, no, let's he, do a half marathon no he had a treadmill oh you know you get the treadmill so you're just running year-round uh, no, not necessarily. I would, pro- I would probably, I probably pulled back on the running, you know? Um, I definitely, I did treadmill running, you know, but not as much, not as much as I did, like say in the spring, yeah. you know, I yeah. definitely would ramp it up in the spring. I would do more. So tell um, us how, tell us about that first race, your first half marathon. Tell us. Oh, like, my first half, my yeah, first half marathon was, was the best. So I, I have no idea. I would love to give you timelines, but I just don't know. It's okay. but, I mean, so I, it wouldn't surprise me if it was like three months, you know what I mean? Like I just decided to, to do a race or somebody said to me something about a race being, you know, good. And it was the Long Island half marathon. Perfect. So, right. It was perfect. It's literally, you know, 15 minutes away from my house. Now I've never did a race before, so I had no idea what to expect. And, uh, my friend, Tommy, who, uh, you know, would run with every once in a while, you know, he's like, you got to do it. You got to do it. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. Let's do it. You know? Yeah. So I signed up. And he goes, what'd you sign up for? The 5K or, 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 the, or the 10K? And I'm like, no, I signed up for the half. We're going to do a half, right? And he's like, uh, okay, you know, so. <laughs> Had he ever done one before? Me? No, him. Oh, oh yeah, he's a marathon runner. He's a oh, Boston okay. qualifier. Yeah. So, and I think that's part of the problem too. The guy is a Boston qualifier. You know what I mean? So to me, I'm trying to catch up. I'm trying to keep up with him. You right. know, like that's not going to happen. But of course I'm going to try. Of course. Know? And, uh. So he actually didn't do the race with me that day. I, I, I did it on my own. So I, I, listen, I remember, you know, going there and I was like, wow, like, look at all these people. I mean, it was probably thousands of people. And I was like, this is incredible. And I just took off. And, um, you know, I had been talking to my brother-in-law and my sister, you know, throughout this whole process, you know, and I'm sure they were both just sitting there shaking their heads going, oh my God, <laughs> and, uh, the, Listen, I finished, you know what I mean? And I only, not only did I finish, I finished it like an hour and 59. And I was freaking pumped. You broke but the two. Problem, what? You broke two, the elusive two-hour marathon. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And, yeah. I, and I honestly, honestly, I mean, let's be realistic. I wasn't really like into the whole running thing. So I had no idea that that meant like, wow, you, you, you know, you right. did really great, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. But I, and I was just, I was kind of just fired up to, I felt so incredible. I just, I was, I was beyond on a high. You know what I mean? I was way behind. It was super exciting. Yeah. So I called, uh, the first phone call I made was to my brother-in-law and my, and my sister. 
and I, they were in Pennsylvania at the time. And, uh, you know, listen, I was talking to them like I'm talking to you. I was super excited. I, was, I can't believe it. I did it. This is great. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, but the problem is I can't move. <laughs> and my brother-in-law is going, you got to walk around. You got to walk around. I'm like, my legs are locked. They are locked. <laughs> and my brother-in-law goes, don't sit down. Don't sit down. I said, too late. Too late. I'm on I the ground. Not, I was, uh, I, I forget. Like, I think I sat like on somebody's bumper or something and I couldn't get up. Like I could mm -hmm. not move. And I remember the struggle, but I didn't care. Like it was, you know, listen, it was a huge ac accomplishment, you know? Yeah. And for me, that's, I get my, that's where I get, I think most of my accomplishments, you know, in life is it's those struggles that are, that are really hard and you just, I work through them and you do them, you know, yeah. no matter what. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. So the long, the, my first long hour and a half, it, it was great. It was great. So I'm curious, like, you know, I, I know that running, at, at least for, like for me, and I think for a lot of people can be like a very emotional thing. Did you feel yourself getting, like, I know there was obviously the excitement of having this accomplishment, but like, did you have a period like either during the race or after the race where you kind of looked back on like everything that you had come from, like with the addiction and almost dying multiple times and then all of these things. And like, did any of that kind of hit you of like, wow, I've already overcome all of this. And now I just did this amazing athletic thing when I used to be able to not breathe when I was running around the soccer fields. Like did those. Oh, absolutely. Of, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Was oh, it during I, the I, race I, or afterwards? Probably afterwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, and I can't say that I, uh, you know, sat down and actually said, wow, you know what I mean? <laughs> How amazing was that? You know, that I'm so special. Did you journal did about this. it, guy? You didn't, you didn't no, know? no, no, I'm not really a journaler. I, I actually just started doing it, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm not that deep. Like I, I, was, I was having a conversation with my friend the other day, we were talking about something and I was just like, he was like, a, you know, you should think about this and you should think about that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not that deep. I'm just it, for me to be thinking about that. You know, I feel like guy journals the same way I do. Like I've got like six journals that I've written on page one of, and that's, that's as far as I've made it. <laughs> yeah. Cause Kevin like knows that he should do it. And then he starts it. I, I watch Angie journal. It looks amazing. She goes, ah, oh, I journaled for like an hour today. I came up with all these things. I'm like, I should sit down and journal. And I write on page one. It's great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I do it. I start. I started writing down things that happened to me when I was a little kid, yeah. and just you know why and who knows. No. I think that's. I think that's a really good thing though, because like there's so many times I know that it's hard for me to even remember some of the things that happen, and then like so if you have like those little things that kind of pop in, I think that's a that's a cool thing to do to kind of write that kind of stuff down. It is pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So after you knock out the Long Island Marathon, ha Long half Island Half Marathon. Do you do you start knocking out more races? Because you you had the excitement of crossing the finish line. Do you just start signing up now? Oh yeah, I, we were do, we were doing five Ks and ten Ks all the time. You oh. know? So then my friend Tommy, he he started getting into it. So he, he was also he's a friend of mine from AA also. So you know he's got that obsessive compulsive thing too. So not only did we motocross together, but we also started running together. Yeah. So, but he worked in the city. So he he joined a running club in uh, Central Park. So mm -hmm. I used to go with him every Saturday morning and we would run. And the guys that we were running with were guys that, you know, they, like they used to 
train for the Olympics. Like yep. these kind of, like oh, these wow. guys were unbelievable, you know? So, and, and they were the greatest people. Like they would stay with me or they would stay with Tommy. I mean, Tommy, he was, listen, he was Boston qualifier before he even started all this. So he was fast and he was just looking to get faster. Yeah. But me, I was way, way behind, you know? But I, they were great, man. They, you know, they would stay with me. They, you know, and then all of a sudden it, it was amazing to watch them take off. Like they would just go, you know? Yeah. And I would, I would be like, it would, it was the same with the motocross racing, you know, and it was like, it was like I was standing still, you know, and people just flying by, you know, it's truly amazing what some people were capable of, you know? Oh yeah, it is. And I think like, I love what you just pointed out there because I think that just shows the the beauty of the running community, how like even people that, you know, are way faster than you, they wanted you to feel welcome and they wanted you to feel like you belonged in, as a part of that group. So they would stay with you to make sure you were good. And then they'd go off and do their thing. Oh, absolutely. Like they would stay, whatever, they would stay with me for whatever, three miles, five miles, and then they would go and they, they would finish their, whatever they were doing their 20 mile run, you know? Yes. And then then we would, yeah. And then we would meet up afterwards, you know? And we did, I did that for a while, you know, and Central Park's a bear. It is a bear. Nobody, like, you don't realize it's nothing but hills. That's what (laughs) I've heard. It's just, it's brutal. It's brutal. So I, uh, I ended up getting pretty quick. Like my 5k was, I think my best 5k was like a 23 for some reason. I, I think maybe it was a 21, but I think it was a 23, uh-huh. um, you know, and it was that elusive. I wanted to break. I wanted to get into the teens, you know, mm-hmm. like that's, that's where my goal was going, you know, yeah. but then my, my body broke. So yeah. that was the end of that. So what happened there? What, what happened to your body? Uh, I, you know, I was constantly, I was constantly fighting uh, with plantar fasciitis and I was constantly fighting with uh, shin splints and it was just, you know, you look back at it, but listen, I was also, uh, I was, I was banged up from the motocross. Because of the motocross, right? Like all the crashes. Oh, I tore my shoulder apart. I broke both wrists. I, I broke my thumb, which was the worst one. My thumb was the worst. Uh, Apparently I broke my foot, which I'm finding out. Um, (laughs) Those old injuries Which, that like raise up later and remind yeah, you. Yeah. So, there. right. So that's what I'm dealing with now. So, um, yeah, so I, I was just pretty banged up and, and on top of that, just doing too much too fast. So yeah. I was constantly dealing with all those types of injuries. And like you guys constantly talk about, you know, that you have to, you got to do the strength training in order to keep up with, you know, for you, so your body. And I wasn't doing any of that. Right. You know, so I you were like doing motocross a couple of days a week. Then you were running a few days a week and you were just keep pushing, pushing, pushing. Oh, it was a constant. Yeah, it was constant. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a constant push, not to mention working every day. Right. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like I wasn't working every day. And yeah. I was landscaping and. And that's um, a very physical job. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you basically never had downtime. I mean, you weren't doing direct strength training, but you throw landscaping on top of that and the control that you need for motocross. Like you're doing some strength training with this, but you're not doing any sort of like specific running centric direct strength training. But there was no recovery whatsoever. But there's also never a recovery day. No, the only recovery I would have was forced recovery. You know what I mean? So like, listen, I tore my shoulder apart. I guarantee I had two or three tears. I could not move my arm behind my, I couldn't wash my hair. I, I could only wash my hair with my left hand. Yeah. So, and I, my shoulder was like that for two years, mm-hmm. but I could hold on to the, 
I could hold on to the handlebars so I could still race. <laughs> so ah, so that was good race. enough. So you were fine. So it was good enough. It, it was no yeah. big deal. You know, and I mean, the final, the final end of, of really my running and, 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 and the motocross was my back. My back went. My back went when I was younger, when I was 21. I was, used to work construction in the city. And I heard the pop. And the guy I was working with heard the pop. He Ooh. goes, what the hell was that? And I'm like, I think that was my back. And he goes, oh, my God. And I, I didn't hurt or anything. But then all of a sudden, I was bent over. Like, I literally, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I, was, I had to walk onto the, onto the train, to the Long Island Railroad. And I was literally bent. I was hunched over. Oh my gosh. Uh, like an old man and I couldn't get, I couldn't get up straight. So it took the doctor two weeks to get me straight. And then, you know, I was out of work for another month. Mm-hmm. So I had trouble with my back from, from that point on. Mm-hmm. Um, so what ended up was, uh, while, while riding on the track, I, my legs would start to, I, they didn't necessarily go numb. I just couldn't feel them. Like it was weird. So I would be in the mid, I'd be in mid air and I couldn't feel my legs. Like, it, like they, I knew I knew my legs were there, but it was just a weird feeling. And I yeah. knew something was up, you know. That's going to make landing awkward. Well, and that's, you know, I, I was getting scared, you know, because I was, listen, I was never really good at it. And I never really did like crazy, crazy jumps. But listen, a 25 foot gap and, and I'm, you know, 10 or 12 feet in the air. It's, a, it's, it's enough to, if you, if you land wrong, you're going to get hurt, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I started to get worried. And then I noticed like my, my younger son was a football player. Uh, you know, peewee football. But I just noticed that standing on, on the sidelines, my back would always hurt, always hurt, always hurt. So I finally went to the doctor and he uh, he sent me to a spine spe- a spine specialist. And uh, I mean, he he showed me the MRI and it, like he said, you're done. Like you just, you you cannot do this anymore. And I was like, why? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, and my, my typical reaction is, is, can I still run, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, it was never like when I, when I was told I couldn't drink anymore, my, I had just got done. I blew a hole in my esophagus. So I separated my esophagus from my stomach and I threw, I threw up black blood all over the nurses and the doctors. They were pissed at me. And, um, so the doctor said, you know, they sat me down. I was, I was 18, 19 at the time. So the doctor said to me, Hey, you know, you got to stop kid. You have got to stop doing this. And I looked at him and I went, can I still smoke pot? is it okay if I drop acid? Is that okay? Like, I, okay, so I'll stop drinking, but can I still do this? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's that twisted part of my brain went right into the, you know, the other parts of my life, you know? So my first reaction was, I, okay, I can't race motocross anymore, but can I still run? Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh my God, I better stop and take care of myself. Right. It's like, yeah, this is going to be taken away from me. So what else can I still do to make up for it? Was Correct. at this point, had you decided, um, cause you did, you decided to run a marathon at some point in here, right? Yes. Yes. And that was, I actually was, I was signed up for the Philly marathon. Um, I don't know what year it was. I'm, I'm going to say it was somewhere around eight years ago. Um, could be nine, could be six. I don't, I don't even know. Um, it's and, 2020. But my, time was. Yeah, like God who knows, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was in the middle of training, you know, and I, you know, I was really hoping to to stay around the, the four hour mark. You know, mm-hmm. that was kind of like my goal. Um, you know, I was probably running every day. I had joined a uh, a track club, so we were meeting every. I think it was every Tuesday, Tuesday and. Friday, I think I, I definitely remember Tuesday nights. 
um, what would, what was starting to happen was I, my back was starting to spasm. Yeah. So I would be at the end of the say track running, you know, we would do all the drills and, and then we would do all the, you know, all the sprints and stuff. Um, I would start to spasm and, and, and I would literally end up on the floor. Like I couldn't stand up straight and my, it just, my back, it was done. I was yeah. done, you know, yeah. and I knew it, you know, and I remember telling my, it, I was divorced and had met Christina at this time. And I remember telling Christina, like, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. And it's killing me. Yeah. And uh, she was like, Oh, you know, and I had, I had had a couple episodes um, prior to this. Mm-hmm. So I knew, I mean, I knew what it was, you know, I mean, according, according to that doctor at the time, he said, my, he goes, your disc is just about gone. And he showed me mm-hmm. like the disc was just um, like, there was like a little bit of black. Yeah. And he showed me a, a, like a good disc. Right. He goes, yeah. Your height wasn't look. there. <laughs> There's yeah, supposed to be not... a space right there. <laughs> right. Right. So it's just like this black line. You know, and he, and he goes, he goes, that numbness or that deadness that you get in your legs, he goes, that's bone on bone. And I'm like, well, how the hell is bone on bone? How how does that have to do with, with your legs? He goes, I don't know. He goes, but that's, you know, he goes, that's what it is. And I'm like, okay. He said, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe not. I don't know. You know what I mean? (laughs) Listen, this is a long time ago. Yeah. Maybe not. Well, you know, there is that thing called nerve compression where the nerve, you know, if there's not space and the compression, that's what happens. And then the legs go numb. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I honestly remember him saying something about bone on bone and that's what's called. And I I was like, yeah, okay. Whatever. Once you hear bone on bone, you kind of stop listening to the rest of it. Your, your brain was already into, so I'm not going to be able to ride the bike or run. And now you got to try and figure out what, what your next thing is that you're going to do. Cause you're, yeah. you're stuck. You're, you're off the motorbike. You're off of running because your legs go numb. Your back is spasming. What, where did that lead you? Because that was sort of like your, your athletic pursuit. You know, you, you got yourself sober, then you moved into, into motocross and running and now that's gone. So where did that take you? I don't know if I, I don't know if it was a depression. Or if it was just, I gave up, mm-hmm. you know, which is, I would have to say, I do not suggest, you know, cause that's what I did. I gave up and I, I sat on my couch and I watched TV and I got fat and I just, whether or not I felt sorry for myself. Now I didn't just give up like on doing all the stuff that I love to do is, you know, being physical. Um, I gave up. Like I stopped going to meetings. Like, you know, throughout this whole thing, I had a whole life in AA. I, you know, went to meetings, a lot of friends, um, on top of doing all this other stuff. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> and I, uh, yeah, I just sat, I sat one. So you turned to food ate. now because like, I, I, did. Mean, I mean, the thing is, you know, I think that it's a, a, a amazing story that at this point, because this is where you hear a lot of times that backslide, right? And you've already told us that you've been sober for 33 years since you were 21 years old. And I think that that's an amazing testament to you in your sobriety that you didn't backslide here, right? Because you're in chronic pain. So most of the time people then get prescribed painkillers, which then leads them right back down that slippery slope. Um, And that's unfortunately one of the main pathways to addiction that we see in 
today's society is that like it starts with pain and then painkillers and then it just becomes this slippery slope into addiction and it didn't happen like that for you so I first want to just acknowledge that because that's amazing that you didn't allow that to happen and you didn't allow that backslide to happen into those type that into that type of addiction but now kind of looking at what did happen you know it, it was okay now it's I'm, I'm gonna go I'm gonna turn to food now right yeah and also I mean my son was uh, in um my son was a lacrosse player my my younger guy Dylan who's mm-hmm. now 22 um so I also had like I had that you know what I mean so I I had that to, we were constantly going to practice yeah. uh he was also in trial on a travel team. So we were, we were traveling around, you know, for him to play. You had more um, to live for. Yeah. So I had, like, I had that, but, but as far as anything else goes, like I, you know, I would literally, I mean, I'm, I'm always getting yelled at cause I'll go home. If, if I go home and sit down, it's pretty much done. Like I'll sit on the couch and I'll watch TV for the rest of the night. Like I, yeah. I cannot do that. Like if, if I need to get stuff done, I cannot sit down, you know, it's too easy for me. Now I'm, <clears throat> coming from a kid that was like super, super hyper. And like, when I was a kid, they put me on Valium. Like that's what they did back then, Mm -hmm. you know? So, and that's how my son Dylan was. He was like super, super hyper, you know? Um, And now I'm like, I could sit down forever. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, (laughs) whatever. I I could sit here all day and and watch Netflix and and do nothing, you know? And, you know, that turns into a serious problem, you know? And you don't, I think when you're in it and it's probably like any, any other type of addiction or when you're in it, you don't really see it, you know? Now, listen, I, I would look in the mirror and I would go, Oh my God, I'm getting huge. Let me go get another bowl of ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Let, <laughs> let me go sit back down now. Yeah, like I, <laughs> let me go sit, let me go sit back down and, and, and you know, have, have, you know, have 16 more cookies. You know what yeah. I mean? It was never, it was, listen, moderation has never been, anything in my life. I, I don't understand moderation. So yeah. I didn't just have a couple cookies. Like, you know, I love people that say, well, just have a couple. Yeah. I don't understand that. You know, I don't understand. I understand having five, six, seven, and 15 that I get, mm-hmm. you know, I don't understand two. I really don't, you know? So right. for me with that, it's, it really isn't all or nothing. You know, <clears throat> I just had a, like, a, I had a whole, just probably this past month, maybe month and a half where, you know, could be, well, yeah, whatever, two months. I was sliding, you know, I was doing really, really good. I, I don't know why it happened. I don't know when it happened, but I looked at, I looked in the mirror. I was huge. I was like, Oh my God, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't breathe well anymore. Um, I couldn't bend over to tie my sneakers for God's sakes. Like I had to put my foot up on something to tie my, <clears throat> it was just, I felt disgusting. And I was like, that's it. I, I can't do this anymore. You mm-hmm. know? So, um, I used Noom and, uh, you know, I, I downloaded the app and I started to walk. Uh, I knew that I, there was no way I was going to start running. So this was, this was, two, I guess, two years ago. Yeah. You know? January of 19, you said, right? Yeah. So I, I just, you know, I just, now Christina had, I could tell she was worried, you know, and let's say a, a year or a year and a half or even two years prior to me, you know, making the decision to do something. Um, you know, she would, she was constantly saying stuff to me, like, you know, not calling me fat or not saying, you know, but trying to do it in a very gentle and loving the, way, the nice way. Yes. That she she really was about your health. And I, and I knew that, you know what I mean? And when you have people in your life and when they say things like that to you, when they give you those small little hints, 
you know that they're doing it, you know? Yeah. Um, and to me, and it's the same thing um, with, with people with, with addictions, it's, it's we, in AA, we call it planting the seed. You know, you're planting the seed. It doesn't matter. Just keep telling people. Just keep telling people how great life is. Just keep telling people that, you know, you don't have to drink. It's not necessary. It's, and I think it was the same. It was kind of like with Christina. Because th- I think that was the, it was the big thing. It was the big, um, <clears throat> I can't get the word. It was one of the major reasons why I got off the couch. Mm-hmm. You know, um, is, is she just kept planting the seed with you. I think it was, she just, yeah, every once in a while she would plant that seed. Like, you know, mm-hmm. what the hell are you doing? You know, why, you know, basically why are you giving up? Cause she yeah. knew that I, I gave up, you know, mm-hmm. I knew that I gave up. My friends in AA knew I gave up, you know, and they would call me once in a while. And, you know, a couple of guys that I'm close with would bust my jobs, but, and I would go like to a meeting, like every, like maybe, you know, every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And I am, I'm, I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky that I, that I didn't pick up, mm-hmm. um, you know, a drink or a drug, you know, and, and not that I don't think about it. I don't know, to be honest with you. I just, I, I think I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know what I mean? Like you just, you get yourself to that point. Um, and not everybody's lucky enough to get there. Um, I, I have been lucky enough to get there. It's almost like, you know, it's like my, the second time now, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I, I just don't, I don't want to be sick and tired of being sick and tired anymore, you yeah. know? So I, uh, I started walking, you know, I downloaded Noom, you know, I knew that I couldn't, I knew that I needed help. I knew that I couldn't do it alone. Um, it's the, <clears throat> I think the great, one of the greatest things about growing up in AA is that I, I know that I, I cannot go through life alone. You know, it's, it's not something that I want, I choose to do, or it's not something that I, that I have to do or want to do, mm-hmm. you know? Um, we're, we're not, we're not put here to be alone, you know? So I, I've not, I don't have a problem asking for help. You know, it's one of the reasons I, I joined you guys, you know, cause I know that I can't, I can't, I can't do it alone, you know, mm-hmm. and I need help and I need, I need other people to say to me, Hey, you know, what are you doing? Like Jill the other day, I think I posted something and she goes, Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Where have you been? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm busy eating cookies on the couch, sliding <laughs> slowly down into that, you know, into that, that dark depth of nothingness, you know, yeah. which is not where I want to be anymore. Right. You know? So, so you started walking, you started running again. And, um, you know, before we keep going with that, I just, I want to say that I completely agree with what you're saying about how we all do need people. You know, we need accountability. We need people in our corner. We need that sort that support system because you're right. Like we, we don't do life alone. What well, it's also nice to have your support system to help you maybe try and moderate things like because when you got back into it you knew that you couldn't go get back in and just go all in on running like you've come back through walking which does not seem to fit your personality as well as some of these other athletic pursuits well let's be realistic i was too fat i i i, I literally couldn't run i literally could not run uh i was listen i'm five foot seven i weighed 227 pounds uh I looked nine months pregnant. I, like I look back at pictures and I'm like, Oh my God. Like, uh, you know, how could you let yourself do that? You know, but it's easy. It's easy to let yourself do that. You know? Yeah. Um, so I, I really had no choice, but to your point, I started running as soon as I could, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, Cause that was my goal. My goal was to start running it. And I said to myself, my goal or, you know, is just to get back to that 10 minute mile where I'm comfortable with it, mm-hmm. where I could run, you know, 
three or four miles at a clip, you know, four or five times a week and I'll be thrilled, you know, and it's been a struggle. It really has been, it's been a struggle. Um, and I think it's mostly been a struggle because I don't listen and, and I, it's been a struggle because I try, I try to go too fast, too hard, too long, too quick. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the trap that most runners find themselves in. Like I I shouldn't say most runners, but I I think that's a trap that a lot of people can completely relate to. It's the, the twos, it's the two trap. And Mm -hmm. I mean, when you, the law of twos, yeah. When you, the law of twos, there you go. We got a new law, a new law, too much, too soon, too often, too quick. When you first got into running, you were in your 20s and you could get into it and build up way faster than you can right now. And then you'd come off of injuries and you probably came back from all sorts of a variety of injuries too quick every single time. And as years and injuries start piling up, eventually your body's like, no, 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 we have to take this on a slower path Mm -hmm. if you want to actually get to the finish line. Oh, absolutely. You know, and like going to the PT. You know, like the PT is nothing new to me. You know what I mean? I've I've been going to the same PT for, I don't know, close to 20 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you were back in your motocross days too? Oh yeah. Cause I was always screwing something up, you know? So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like she, this, this last time, like when I first had the knee problem last year. So my, my, my first injury, my first serious injury was last year when I tore the MCL. Right. So but that didn't start with, with, with the knee that started with the plant, with the fascia, mm-hmm. like my foot started to hurt, right. but I ignored, I just, I ignored it. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm not going to let this stop me. I'm just going to keep going, you know? And if like, you know, like everybody else is going to find out if you don't listen, it turns into another problem, you know, and it, and it turned into that, you know, and, and the PT, she told me, you know, she, she told me exactly what I needed to do. And, I remember her saying to me, okay, I want you to start running a mile. And I laughed at her. I said, I'm not <laughs> running a mile. Like, why would I bother? That's ridiculous. I'm, right. not even getting out, I'm, not, I'm not getting off the couch to run a mile, you know? It's, oh. so, it's not worth putting my clothes on for that. I line right, up. Like that. that was me in college. I would go to the training room and they're like, we'd like you to go out and run for 10 minutes. What are you kidding? <laughs> I got dressed. I'm going to go run now. Yeah. But I yeah. mean, it was, it was stabbing pain after like three. So, I mean, I get where they were coming from 10 minutes, but that just seemed like a waste of, of everybody's time. I get that. I get that. I really do. <laughs> so then, so then you started kind of, so then what happened? Like you're, you're P, you're going into PT, like you're starting to kind of walk and run. Things are kind of, you know, you're, you're dealing with these like injuries now, right. That, that are kind of, um, a result of a lot of years of too much too soon, just too much in general, just pushing through the pain and not listening to the body. So where do you, where do you stand today? <laughs> I think the other part of it too is, is just being older. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm 53, so my body just cannot do what it used to do. And that's another adjustment that I'm, so I'm a, it's like a, a baby's brain and an old man's heart. You know what I mean? Like I really, <laughs> it's almost like, you know, like, okay, it's time to grow up and to listen and to do what, you know, do what's responsible for, for yourself, you know? Uh-huh. Um, Is that still hard? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's absolutely hard. You know, listen, you know, I don't know if everybody 
I'm sure there's a lot of, and I know for a fact that there's a lot of people that struggle with this, but it's hard to do what's right all the time. You know what I mean? Like, it's like all the time. Like I got to constantly. And uh, the bottom line is, is that I'm lucky. Like I, I was riding my bike the other day and I, I really, I'm not, I, I don't really love riding my bike. I starting to enjoy it more. Uh, and I think because I'm starting to change my frame of thought, you know, I'm lucky to be able to ride my bike Mm -hmm. that's the truth yeah you know and like last night I went out and I you know I rode the bike to the track that so the high school track there it's like exactly a mile away and then I ran a mile I ran a mile and I'm happy that I did it good you know instead of instead of like oh only a mile like why would I bother so my mindset is definitely changing that's huge yeah, I can't say, but I'm forced. Um, and that's, you know, and that, you know, if you want to be honest, that I'm forced. My body's forcing me mm-hmm. to be like that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. And I hope that maybe somebody hearing this that's younger than me that has the same mentality that they'll slow down a little bit, you know, because it, it's not worth it, you know. Because yeah. now I still want to run a marathon. There's no doubt in my, I, I want to run a marathon. Like, and it was funny when I, when I was having all the trouble with my foot and this and that, I was on the phone with my sister and my brother-in-law. I could hear, cause I'm talking to my sister about it. And I could hear him laughing in the background. Cause he knows like <clears throat> if, if the New York marathon wasn't canceled, I would have ran it. I probably would have broke my foot, but I would have done it, mm-hmm. you know? And he was just, I, you know, Rich was just cracking up in the background. I could hear yeah. him laughing, you know? Yeah. And my sister's like, you're, you know, whatever, you know? But it's just the way it is, you know? Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's a good thing to be like that. But it, it's also, you know, there's a point where you got to yeah. stop. I mean, like, I think you're right. You know, I think that when, when you go all in on something, you can accomplish a lot of really great things. You know, you can do a lot of really great things, but there are always consequences. And I think that it's one of those things, too, where, you know, when I'm listening to you now, it is it reminds me of like the little story of like, you know, how God or the universe sends us messages, right? First, he sends like a little feather down and then he sends like a little pebble down and then maybe it's like a rock that get, kind of gets in your way. And then all of a sudden there's a boulder, there's a boulder, right? And that you just can't ignore it anymore. Like so these lessons that you've, you know, maybe should have been learning along the way. Like now you're just at the point where, like you said, you cannot ignore it anymore. Like you are being forced into moderation. Yeah, pretty much. I <laughs> had that same story in a different scenario. So you got to, it's a flood and the uh-huh. uh, family's in the house, the guy's in his house and, yeah. the, and the people come and they say, listen, the flood's coming. You got to get out of here. He goes, I ah, don't worry about it. God will take care of me. Flood goes up to the front door. The guy comes off buying a rowboat. Come on, dude, get in, get in the rowboat. You got to get out of here. Nah, don't worry about it. God's going to take care of me. It'll be fine. Yeah. That's up on top of his roof. Helicopter comes by. Come on, we got, we got you. We'll save you. Nah, don't worry about it. Go ahead. I'll be fine. God's going to take care of me. Guy drowns. Mm-hmm. He's standing at the pearly gates and says to God, why didn't you take care of me? He goes, I sent you a canoe <laughs> and a helicopter. He goes, how? How how else can I help you? Yeah. What do you want me to do here? What do you want? What do you want me to do? Yeah. I was told that story 30 years ago. You know what I mean? 
So yeah, that's a great one. I love that story. I love the I love stories like that. They just they're meaningful. They they mean something. They they're helpful, and you you connect them to so many aspects of your life. Mm. So. I think you may have actually lucked out that New York got canceled because you know in, in your mind right now, I'm just guessing 2021 New York is what you're thinking. Um, I don't know if I'm in yet. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I, I have to, I, I have to, I don't know. And uh, honestly, I don't know if I'm going to be able to. So I, I have that in the back of my mind. Like I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not willing. I would love to say that I'm not willing to hurt myself to, to do it but I think I am. So, which is crazy. But you're but, getting uh, there. But you're but you're like one step a little bit more towards the middle there. It sounds. Yes, and and it's something that I know that I need to talk to you guys about cuz I I know that I'm not going to be able to train for like like I want to. Like mm-hmm. uh, so I know that I'm not going to be able to do the distance that I that I used to do. I, yes. I really I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't know if I don't know. I guess we don't know. You're right. Like, and, and, and that's it right there. But I think that it's all about taking the steps in the right order and not trying to like jump and like try to just avoid some of the steps along the way, you know, which has been a lot of this all or nothing thinking. Like that's what a lot of people that are, that have that all or nothing mentality. It's like, I'm just, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to run, you know, 50 miles a week. And this is what happens and the body breaks, you know? And so if you, are able to control that and start to moderate. Like if you, you're already on the right path, you know, like you're, you're riding your bike. So you're getting the cardio in, then you're running a mile and then you're getting back on your bike so that you're still extending your cardio. You're starting to build up that endurance and then allowing the foot and the body and the injuries that are, you know, that you're still rehabbing to come along, you know, we don't know what that timeline is going to look like, but as long as you're willing to just be patient with the process, like, you know, you're still losing weight, right? Like you're still like on, on all of that journey, you're still building your strength. You're still building back your cardio. So like, I'm the kind of person, and I've had patients come into my office many times and say, well, I'm too old for that or this or that. And I'm like, your age is just a number, you know? And yes, there are back, you know, there's history. You have, like like you said, you've had a lot of injuries and other things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not able to do these things in the future. I think we, it still needs to be on the table. Like it still needs to be open to it. It's just a matter of what that timeline is going to look like to get you there safely. Oh, absolutely. And, and the, uh, listen, the other big part of it is, is, uh, is, is joining with you guys, you know what I mean? And, and allowing myself to follow your program. It's, it's, it's to follow what you guys are telling me to do to finally listen to, to the professionals, like stop listening to myself, you know? Um, so doing the strength training, uh, I'm sure is going to help me. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no doubt about it. And I mean, mm-hmm. I mean <clears throat> my idea of strength training was like, you know, I'm going to join CrossFit. You know right. what I mean? Because, <laughs> because that's know, how you I, do all in on strength training. Yeah. Right. Right. So, you know, so, and, and then, you know, I had a bunch of people tell me CrossFit, you know, don't do that. You're going to get hurt. So that I joined Orange Theory, you know what I mean? So, which was pretty tough, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, listen, just about, well, I mean, they're opened again, but I have, I have, I don't have a desire to, to do that. You know, yeah. um, I enjoy the workouts I get from you guys. It's, uh, it, they're helpful. They're not, they're not super hard. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a tremendous, you know, except for burpees. I got to tell you, I freaking hate them. Um, 
most you know, people it's just I yeah there with you. I, feel, I feel like most people either like hate them or have like a love-hate relationship with them Yes, it's it's like a marathon. Like even people who've run multiple marathons realize that the unbelievable challenge that racing 26 miles is. No one's like, yeah, I did burpees because they felt good. No, they didn't. They felt really hard. You just felt really <laughs> yes. satisfied afterwards. That was the good part. Yeah, they're really hard. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, I mean, I think that that's kind of, it's like, you know, what happens from here? And I think that that's a very interesting aspect of like, you know, basically going from that all or nothing to understanding that moderation is very important, but also still having to accept that on a daily basis. And I think that, you know, what I'm hearing from you is that gratitude is the way that you're doing that. Like being thankful that you're here, being thankful that you're able to ride your bike and run a mile and ride your bike. Like, and, um, that's kind of a path towards starting to be more satisfied with those things. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's one of the reasons why I love you guys so much because you do, you, you bring out or you point out the things that I'm talking about and and, and I am grateful, you know, and it's, um, it was like the episode that you, that that you did about gratitude, you know, there's so much to be grateful for, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely something that we don't pay attention to enough. Yeah. As human beings, like we're just wired to like, you know, look at some of the negatives, I think like naturally, like it's, it's, it's human survival. You know, it's, it's our job as humans, like it's our brain's job to protect ourselves. So we have to like figure out like, um, you know, what are the things that are against us and what are the negatives that I need to overcome? And it's easy to see those negative things. I think gratitude is more challenging for most people. I think from this point, from where you physically are right now, looking to try and cross a marathon finish line, you know, a couple of years ago, you wanted to cross in a certain time. At this point, crossing a marathon finish line, I think might just be actually satisfying enough that you're going to have to journal on it when you do it. Oh, without a doubt. Clearly. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, you know, I, um, well, when I first started this process, I, I started putting stuff up on YouTube, you know, and I, I, like I take pictures of, of everything, um, of all the runs that I've done, you know, nice. up until now, I, like yeah. I have everything, you know, and I actually put a couple movies together, like just all the, the runs that I've done. Mm-hmm. And, and I stopped when I listen, when COVID hit, I, I stopped, you know, I stopped doing all that. And I, <clears throat> and I definitely plan on, you know, keeping it up. Yeah. And, and, and you're right. My, my time, like I really wanted, to, I really wanted to do a marathon of like four thirty or less, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's out the window. I, I just want to cross the finish line. I don't care. You know, um, I do for some reason why I don't know. I have that 10 minute, like I like that 10 minute mile. Like, yeah. and you know, that's kind of where I want to be. You know what I mean? Like comfortably. And I think that that's a great goal to have. Like there's nothing saying that you can't get to that and that there's that, that you can't accomplish that. That so I think that that's a great goal to put out there. And, and again, we just don't know what that timeline is going to look like. You know, is that going to be the time for your first marathon or is that going to be like, you know, something that maybe you'll do after that? Like if you're able to complete that first marathon, would you want to do more after that? Well, God only knows. 
God only knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's not a decision that I would. We don't you know. know yet, right? Yeah, and, I don't know I, yet. And I think that that's part of the beauty of running too is that like it's it is that journey, and we don't know necessarily what the end line is. We don't know always what we're trying to work towards because I think it's one of those things that's just constantly evolving. Like as we evolve as human beings, like you know your initial goal back, you know, when you were training before was, I, I want to run the New York City Marathon and I want to do it in under four hours. And then your body said, no, that's not happening, you know? And so you're already starting to evolve through, you know, the weight gain and now the weight loss. And now I'm going to rehab all these past injuries that I've had okay, maybe four hours isn't realistic for me right now. Maybe it's 4.30. Okay, maybe now it's just crossing the line. And those things like I think are important that you're able to adjust your goals along the way. It's not giving up on yourself. Like I think a lot of people think when they make goal adjustments that they're, that means that they're giving up and that's not what it has to mean. It means that you're actually just thinking about things more and looking at things in a more realistic fashion. Yeah, it's it really is actually self-reflection and making sure that the goal lines up with what's going to bring you satisfaction. Yes, absolutely. And it's a struggle. It's a struggle to, it's a struggle to move the goalposts. I agree with that completely. It's it's a struggle to do that. Yeah. But Um, I think that a lot of that is too, like you are accepting a different journey. You know, I think that your journey by the, like when I, as I'm like listening to your whole story, it was all on these like, almost external things, right? Like an external marker marker of doing the half marathon, doing the full marathon, doing all these things. And now you're like, you know what? Like I have to actually listen to my body and do what's best for me. And do I still want to do these things? Yes, I do. You know, because it's important to me, but it's not because I have to hit some sort of external goalpost. No, you're right. Absolutely. My my mindset has definitely changed with that. Like, I, uh, I just signed up, uh, me and my son, Dylan, I've never uh, gone out West to ski and I've always wanted to. Um, so I booked a trip for January. Oh. We're going to go, we're going to go to Colorado. And my thinking was uh, with my foot, I'm like, I've always wanted to do this. I better stop worrying about the money and I better just go, you know, because I don't know what's going to happen with my foot, you know? And, you know, if next year my foot says, you know, you're done, and then I, I never get to, you know, I never got to do that, yeah. you know? So, yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you're you're, you're also, prioritizing different things. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, and I know that if I continue to push myself, I'm not going to be able to continue to do the stuff I want to do. Mm-hmm. Like I'm looking, I started to look more towards the future. And I think that's part of what got me off the couch also. Yeah. I, I want to be the active grandfather. You know what I mean? I want to, I want to be the grandpa that, you know, I can take my grandkids skiing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to be the old fat grandpa sitting on the couch, yep. you know, yelling at the kids because they're making too much noise. Yep. You know I had I mean? that I grandpa. That I, know, I know that grandpa very well. That was my grandpa. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like my dad, my dad was very, very active. I mean, up until he got sick, but you know, so he, uh, I guess that's where I get it from, you know? Um, you know, it was funny. I was in, I was in the park the other night, uh, the girls had soccer and I was just walking around and it's a big, huge complex. And there were the, um, I guess the 20 somethings or the 30 somethings and they were all playing uh, softball. You know, it was a big softball league. Yeah. My first reaction was, I wonder if Dylan would want to do this with me, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> like now I'm going to stop playing softball again. Uh, you know, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> 
but that's, I mean, it's, it's instant, you know? Yeah. But, you know, and then, but it's good that it sounds like you've already started to put in that like filter, right? Like you, you have that initial reaction, but then it's like, wait a second, like you, you, you're able to take that step back and almost like see it from the outside to adjust those behaviors. And so that that initial thought doesn't then become a destructive behavior. Yeah, that's the thinking it through, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a bigger picture than what's going to make me happy five minutes from now versus what's going to make me happy 10 years from now. Yeah. Yes. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. And that's exactly where I think where my mind is now. Yeah. Like I'm not, instead of that, you know, what, that what's going to happen to me within the next five or 10 minutes, it's, it's now it's the five or 10 year mm-hmm. thought, you know, like my, when I, when I thought about playing softball, it went through my head. I could actually see myself like hitting the ball and running and then sliding into second base and breaking an ankle. You know what I mean? Cause that's, what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like let's be realistic here. Yeah. yeah. So like I had to think it through, like you're going to be at shortstop and the ball's going to roll and you're not going to get out of the way and it's going to hit you in the face. And you know, now you're going to yeah. have a broken, broken nose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause that's, you know, yeah, that's what it's- happens. Yeah, I mean, it, it can, but that's, but I think that's it right there. And I think that this is kind of like nailing the whole journey um, up into this point, at least is like going from that all or nothing to being able to give yourself some grace, I think too, like, because I feel like, you know, a lot of it, the, the all or nothing, the obsessive compulsive, like it's, it, it's just like, it's in it and it's, there's no there's no gray area. There's no grace. It's just like, you, you got to put the pedal to the metal and that's it. And it's now it's like your, your space is opening more. Like you're seeing instead of black and white, it's a lot of gray and that's a good thing. You know, like you're, you're able to kind of give yourself that grace to say, I don't have to go all in and I can still find happiness and I can still be very satisfied with the progress that I'm making or with the life that I'm choosing to live. Even if it's not, all all out oh absolutely like last night i felt great i felt great um you know whatever i i I did the uh the 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 core four exercises Mm -hmm. you know and i I, I did it like four times and and it's 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 not easy you know it's pretty tough you know and you know sweating my my little took us off and and then i said you know what but i want to get out like i want to go out so i want i i jumped on the bike and I knew I wanted to run. Like I, in my head, I was like, you probably shouldn't run. Yeah, but you really, I really want to. And I, and I said, let, you know what? Let me go to the track because it's softer yep. and I'll do a mile. You know, mm-hmm. don't do more than a mile. Just do a mile and don't go too fast. And after that, after I did a half a mile, I walked. I walked for a minute and I literally timed it. And then I, and then I, and I said to myself, okay, now I'm going to go around two more times without stopping, without going too fast, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I finished it up. And then I, uh, I jumped on the bike and it, I felt good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so I rode around a little longer because I felt good. Yeah. But then I said to myself, you know what? Stop, go home, go home. And, and I'm glad I did that. Yeah. Because I felt really good. Like yeah. I feel fine today. Like yeah. my foot doesn't hurt. My legs don't, my quads don't hurt. Nothing hurt. Like nothing hurts. Yeah. But I got a good enough of a workout in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, you it's not like I overdo it. Right. It's not like I did a CrossFit, you know, you know, I didn't go to Orange Theory and, and you know, kill myself for an hour. You know right, I mean? right. Which, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. I, w- no. I would love to be able to do that, you know, five times a week, you know, yeah. but I, yeah. I can't. 
you know. Well, that's awesome. I think that, you know, like it just, it just makes me happy to hear, you know, how your journey has completely evolved and how you are starting to give yourself that space and that grace to just like, listen to your body, to do what is good for you and be, be satisfied with that, be good with that. Like allow that to, you know, fulfill that need that you have knowing that you're moving in the right direction. Yeah. I think that message is going to help so many people. I mean, your, your story is going to connect with so many people. I I really want to thank you for, for sharing, for being so open to share your story with us. Yeah. Is there anything else guy that you would like to share before we wrap this up? No, no, we went through a lot of stuff. (laughs) I want to say, I want to say thank you. You guys are great. I mean, it's really, <clears throat> it's just really great listening to the podcast. I, I think you guys do a, a tremendous job. It's, you're wonderful. You're just, you're great human beings. You really are. And I just want to say thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, we are very um, thankful for you as well and, and your participation in the tribe and your willingness to share this story with everybody. Because like Kevin said, I really think a lot of people are going to connect with this on a lot of different levels. This is really going to be a great story. Yeah. So. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to putting this one together and sending this one out to the world. And by you, you mean me. Uh, completely. Cause we, <laughs> we established already that you are in charge. You guys, yeah, who edits the podcast around here? Um, but anywho, yes. So guy, thank you so much. Oh, it's um, no different on my end. Those of you, so sh- can we like put that, that link to your YouTube channel? Can we put that into the show notes? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So you'll send I that. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. All right. I'll, okay. I'll send it to you. All right, good. All right, so those of you that are listening, if you want to connect with Guy, um, he is an active member of our Real Life Runners tribe, so you'll see him in there. And then he'll send us his YouTube link so that when he starts to document his journey, maybe he'll even send us a journal entry now and then. uh, It's going to be a journal entry. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we're going a little too far. Perhaps too much. All right, Guy. my, My journal entry. I ran today. Life is good. Yippee. 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 (laughs) I like it. All right, guy. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye, All right. So that was just awesome. And we hope that you all enjoyed that interview as much as we did, because clearly we had a lot of fun having Guy on the show and getting to interview him and talk to him and hear his story. So thanks again, Guy. We really appreciate it. If you guys want to sign up for our virtual challenge to both empower yourselves, commit to a goal, and also help those in need, we are going to be benefiting the Girls Gotta Run Foundation with the proceeds from our virtual race. Head over to realliferunners.com forward slash race where you can find more information and sign up there. Registration is just $10 and for the month of November, if you register during November, you can use the code IRUNMYLIFE for 10% off all swag. So if you want a shirt or a custom medal, long sleeve, short sleeve, tank top, whatever it is that you want to uh, get from this race, you've got that IRUNMYLIFE for 10% off all of that swag. So we really hope you guys will join us. Show your support for the podcast that we do every week. You can help show your support for our free Facebook group that you might be a part of. We would really appreciate it. And then like we, like we said, part of that of those proceeds will also be going to help the Girls Gotta Run Foundation as well as 100% of all extra donations that you guys um, give in there. Our goal is to raise at least $1,000 for the organization so that we can help to support 
at least one girl through for an entire year um, in the program over in Ethiopia. So to learn more, head over to realliferunners.com forward slash race. As always, thank you so much for joining us today on the Real Life Runners podcast. Believe in yourself, commit to yourself, commit to your journey, and give yourself some grace along the way. Understanding that it doesn't have to be all or nothing as long as you're moving in the right direction. Now get out there and run your life. 